God, we just thank you for your healing and restoration in this place. Father, we pray for restoration of the broken hearts today, God. Restoration of the broken souls. Restoration of the broken homes. Restoration of faith today, God.
close your eyes. Raise your hands. Come and awaken love. Come and awaken me. Come and awaken me. faith arise in the name above all names and the God who hears us when we pray may our faith arise and awaken in the one who calms the storms and causes the eyes to see oh we praise you as you awaken our ears to hear you awaken our ears in the morning that we hear the voice speak it to our spirit arise arise with life joy and peace in the presence of the Lord. Father, we lift up these requests before you in Jesus' name. We pray for Patrick. We pray for his healing and his freedom. Commanded to be so in Jesus' name. We pray for Sister Ethel. We claim healing to those kidneys right now. Commanding them to be flushed out in every wet hole in Jesus' name. We know you are the healer. And we know in your hand is the power and the might to heal. We come against the spirit of sickness, the spirit of infirmity that tries to reoccur and attack. But we say in the name of Jesus that you must flee because we resist you in the armor of the Most High God, in the sword, the sword of the Lord be against you. In the name of Jesus, we pray for Brother Tyson, Sister Gina, their two children, as he makes this move about his business. Lord, we praise you that his feet are ordained by you and as he gets ready to advance. You said everywhere that his feet goes, you cause it to prosper. You claimed divine, supernatural favor upon him and his business. And we thank you, Lord God, for doors that he doesn't even know that's there shall open unto him in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for scene suitors. Roger Cannon, these two that are in ICU, Lord, we just ask you right now to bring healing into their lives. We come against the spirit of death and destruction, and we pray the spirit of restoration and resurrection, resurrection life flowing through their bodies. Lord, we pray for each and every one here this morning in Jesus' name. We thank you for restoration. We thank you for a renewal of your spirit, a revival in our hearts. We praise you for anointing our eyes to see and our ears to hear. We command apathy, sleeplessness. Right now, yeah, there it is, loose, loose. All the ties that bind. The lack of energy because of a lack of sleep, because of the heaviness of your heart. Well, he's here to mend your broken heart. Thank you for bringing the pieces back together, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We give you glory, we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Would you turn to that person next to you? Shake their hand, hug their neck, tell them I love you in the love of the Lord.
We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Hallelujah. So good to see you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. So glad that you are here. We're going to have an awesome time today. Hallelujah. Gathered in the presence of God. Well, we're glad to be back. We've missed you, and it's good to see you again. Hallelujah. Glad that everyone's well, alive, and healed. Hallelujah. Thank God. I didn't, nobody was in jail this week. Praise God. We got perfect attendance. Nobody's in jail. Hallelujah. Well, we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Today, we want to receive new members. We weren't here to do it last week, and I understand there was a number of calls about it. And uh, we're just blessed to have you. We're blessed for you to be a part of this body. And what we usually do, I know different denominations do it different ways, but the way we do it, you're a member in your heart, just like you're a giver in your heart. Whatever you do, you do as unto the Lord. It's not because it's pushed or motivated or manipulated by man. It's from the heart that we belong one to another. And so what we like to do, though, is we like for them to come up. We got a little thing that the elders and I, we like to, and my wife would like to give you and, and just a little uh, gold card of membership and uh, pray over you and just receive you into the body. So if you're here this morning and you, you already know you're part of this church and you want to be a part of this body, but you've never come forward to uh, acknowledge it, would you come at this moment right now? We want to receive you. Would the elders come? Honey, would you come up here, please? And if you come up as members, hallelujah, we just want to receive you, Brother Ray, Brother Buddy, hallelujah, just come on up here, and uh, we want to receive you. Let's give them a big hand as they come. Anybody else? Just come on up here. Feel good to have you, brother. Feel bless you. Hallelujah. Come on up here. We're going to give everybody. Let's just keep giving a hand. Come on. Just wake up real good this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Good to have this couple. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? You've never made it official. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, God bless you. Glory. Good to see you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If y'all want to face the congregation, hallelujah. Aren't we blessed, church? Hallelujah. Aren't we blessed? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the name of Jesus. Everybody up here, these, this is your family. We're your family. Everybody out there, this is our family. We treat them like family. We love on them like family. We're patient with them like family. Because you know you need somebody to be patient with you too. And we hold together because we need each other. I need everyone here. We need each other. So I want you to raise your hands towards this, our family. And we want to pray over them. Just raise your hands over them and we receive them. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, we don't take this time for granted. This is a special time, and we pray, Lord, that you bind us together in cords of agape love that cannot be severed by flesh or by man. We pray for covenant relationship here today, that even as you said about the covenant of marriage, Lord, we pray today, what you put together, let nothing or no man, not even no devil, cut asunder. Lord, we we are desiring to grow together to grow up into the image of Christ together. And we need each other. We need, that elbow needs the arm and the arm needs the wrist and the wrist needs the hand and the hand needs every finger. We need each other to flourish 
to bless and to uplift one another. Help us to be more sensitive about others as you are towards us than we even are about ourselves. Help us to take the time to invest into our new family and to each other. Let us be sensitive to need and be sensitive to pray and stand in the gap. Lord, we praise you for binding us because we desire to be one in you. So Lord, I pray for every physical need to be met. I pray for every financial need to be met. I pray for every emotional need to be met. I pray for every broken heart to be mended. I pray for the emotional well-being. And I pray for a new history being making here right now this morning. By the glory of Christ Jesus our King, we receive these in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise. Go ahead, Brother Joe. Good having you. Let's give the Lord another praise. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is fun. Come on, smile at somebody. Hallelujah. You know, one reason I want to preach on joy, someone asked somebody, why don't you go to church? He says, when the people inside a church stop looking like undertakers and start looking like Christians, I think I will go in there. But man, who wants to go into a building with a bunch of undertakers? So come on, smile at somebody. Tell somebody, come on, Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Let the devil know you're happy to be in church this morning. Let somebody know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Come on. He's... Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Boy, together we can just make the, give the devil a migraine. Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 13. I want to share a scripture with you. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Hallelujah. Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred, when it just doesn't happen, makes the heart sick. I want to stop right there. Have you ever felt just totally disillusioned and disappointed? Have you ever felt things in your life just seem like they're shattered? Like, what happened to my dreams? It says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Have you ever felt dead inside, calloused, hard? Do you feel like you're the type of person you live in with walls around you because the things you hoped for just didn't work out the way you wanted it to? But look at the next part. It says, but, hallelujah, it doesn't stop there. Come on. It says, but when the desire comes, say desire cometh. When the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Thank God for the tree of life. Thank God for Calvary. Hallelujah. Now listen. When something seems like it's not going to happen, it's because you need resurrection to raise it. 
It says what you were hoping for isn't happening, but desire will come because of the tree of life. Because Jesus shed his blood, he died and he rose again so that you could have the desires of your heart and his desires can be accomplished through your life. A lot of times when things in our life are just shattered, you know, I love Ezekiel 37. I know many of you too, the valley of dry bones. Do you know that valley of dry bones, they weren't only scattered and shattered from one another, their own, they were shattered from themselves. You know what you find a lot of times today? A lot of people say, I don't have any identity. I don't know anyone. But the truth is a lot of people don't even know their own selves or what you want. You're, you're not only separated and shattered and scattered from one another. A lot of times we're shattered from our own selves. Who am I? What do I want? Who am I supposed to be? Who am I? What am I becoming? That's not like me. You even feel shattered from yourself. And it says they were a bunch of bones. The skin was even gone. They didn't even have ears to hear. They didn't even have a mouth and a tongue to speak over themselves. But God says you may not even have the strength to speak over yourself or even to lift up your voice and pray. You may not even be able to hear what I'm trying to tell you. But I'm going to blow the wind of my spirit over your life. And I'm going to tell you that which is shattered and scattered to come back together again. And it's reason it's dead. It's because it's in a place for resurrection, the supernatural power of God to come alive in your life. If there's nothing dead... What is there to raise? And you may be here today and your hopes and your dreams and things you thought was going to happen and didn't happen and things that are bugging you inside and things that are tearing you apart and things that are stealing and, and just sucking your identity out of you. He wants to blow upon you in that place of death and bring it back to life. One of the key scriptures we have here at Word of Grace, God gave me back in the 70s. He woke me up one morning, Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is here because He has anointed me. And it is, His anointing is here to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised. Listen, He does not have to consult. Listen, He is the history maker. But He's also the story maker. And he doesn't have to consult your past to write your story in the future. You know what I want to tell you right now? Your story is for his glory. Wherever you've been, whatever your life is consisted of right now, I want you to know he's not considering where you've been, what you've done, how you even woke up this morning to write the story and write it alongside with you, the story that he preordained before the foundation of the world. Before you even messed up, he had wrote down your comeback and your breakthrough. So you may be in a place right now, you just feel scattered and your emotions are maybe going in different directions. You may be here today, you may feel like you're in love with two different people. You may be here today and you may be thinking, you may be here in your body but your heart is somewhere else. You may be here today, you may feel totally broken. Well, the good news of the gospel is that that's who Jesus came for. And that's the type of person he never gives up on. As you travel this country and as you look in people's eyes and you sense their hearts, there's a cry. There's a cry from hearts ringing out that words cannot say. There's a hurt and there's a confusion. But oh, but there is truth. 
And the dry bones are about ready. The scattered parts of your life, your emotion, the scattered parts of your heart is getting ready to be breathed on by the maker of life. And that which is dead will come to life again in Jesus' name. I've, I've been gone. There may be things that have happened that might have just shattered your dreams, broken your heart this week. But he never leaves. He doesn't even have to sleep. His joy is seeing your life being written for his glory. Church, he wants to be a part of you. He's a very dear part of you. So don't you give up and don't you quit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. With ushers come forward, we're going to receive the morning tithes and offerings. But Lord, we come before you today as the ushers come and we get ready to receive. And Lord, we pray. The anointing of the Most High God against the spirit of fear and anguish and hope deferred and lost. Lord, you saved us when we were lost. Lord, you know how to save the hope of those that are lost. Lord, I pray that you come rescue her. <laughs> you come restore her. You come heal her. Come in this place. Because, Father, we are your children. And Father, we cry out to you for mercy and grace and a touch of your mighty hand. Lord, we worship you with our tithes and offerings. We worship with our heart. We worship you with our life. All that is ours is yours. Because all that is yours is mine. I give you glory and I give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Brother Trey. There's a peace I've come to know Though my heart and flesh May fail There's an echo for my soul I can say it is well Jesus has overcome And the grave is overwhelmed Thank 
Hallelujah. Battery says low. It's okay now? Hey, I hear somebody. Oh, that's me. Hallelujah. It's so good to see you today. We're glad you're here. Hallelujah. Smile at somebody who says, Jesus loves you. Now smile back at yourself and say, Jesus loves me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we're glad to see you. We just got back and, uh, last night, and Jake and them left. 
Brother Trey did an awesome job and the worship team. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, are you blessed today? Amen. Well, as you know, we've been speaking on joy. And uh, today I want to talk about disconnecting for connection. Say that with me. Disconnection for connection. Amen. Because there's some things I want to show you today, importance, that we have to disconnect from to connect to. And one of the things I, I, I called and they helped me out while I was going, one of the things that uh, I want to share with you, you know, in our, in our Declaration of Independence, those men paid a price to talk about the pursuit of happiness. And, and I was meditating on that. It says we hold these truths. You've got to hold the truth of the Word of God, dear. Unchangeable. The truth of the Word of God is unchangeable. Even though your circumstances have changed, the Word of God doesn't change with the circumstances. There's no circumstance submitted to the... To the uh, to, there's no circumstances that overpower the authority of the Word. The Word overthrows and is the authority over circumstances. But I want, to see, I want you to see this. I want you to take these notes that if the things in the gospel have to be pursued. We have this thing that we just think all of a sudden they're going to come and they're going to appear. But in the book of Proverbs and throughout the Word of God, it says that there are things hidden. Hidden. And so many times, you know, we just want some little fairy to come and hit us over the head with their little fairy dust. And all of a sudden, what we're asking God for comes. But there are things that we have to pursue. And I want to show you today, one of those things that we've got to pursue is joy. And uh, I'll put here that the word pursue means the act of following with a view to overtake, to reach, to accomplish, and to obtain. Joy has to be pursued. And I wrote some things down here. I found some things, and I want to share them with you. I love this. Americans believe in life, liberty, and the purchase of happiness. That sounds about right, huh? I mean, it's not the pursuit of happiness. Whatever I don't have, it's the purchase of happiness. And, you know, we have the American dream, and the family and I, we were eating at this pizza place, and this guy from Brazil, young man, was waiting on us. And he's been here in America for seven years. We're holding down three jobs. And he was just smiling and, and so thankful to be in America. His family's back in Brazil. And he's holding down three jobs because his dream is to be able to buy a house for him and his wife. That, that he, she came down with him. And you could hear this young man. He was just pursuing his dream. And he stood at our table for I don't know how long just talking and talking, which was fine, and just sharing his dream and telling us about his jobs and, and his hopes. And there are so many people uh, that ha are pursuing their hopes and their dreams, but there's a bunch who've given up. And joy and happiness does not have to do with things. And I'll talk, to that, I'll talk about that in a minute. Listen to this. Happy is the man who renounces everything that places a strain on his conscience. You want joy, then there's some things we have to detach from to connect to joy. Listen to this. People whose main concern is their own happiness seldom find it. I found this article. How many have ever eaten Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Well, listen to this. Most of us will recognize the names Ben and Jerry and Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry were college dropouts who sent away for a $5 mail-order course on how to make ice cream. After a few years, they were, third, they were the third largest producers of gourmet ice cream in the world. As their company grew, their work stopped being fun. Now listen to this. Their success was robbing them of their zest and creativity. They, begun, 
their business not so much to sell ice cream, but the vision was to create joy. Remembering their initial purpose, they hired a person to serve as the director of joy for the company. Believing that they were in the joy business, they set aside 7.5% for charity, festivals, and community service. Now listen to this. When the stock market pumped on, May, on Black Monday of October 1987 and, and desperation hung over Wall Street, Ben and Jerry were on the sidewalks of Wall Street scooping out free bowls of their economic crunch ice cream. <laughs> hey, is that cool? Huh? Boy, they'd have to make a lot of ice cream right now, wouldn't they? The surest path to happiness is losing yourself in the cause greater than yourself. Genuine happiness is when your wife sees your ex-girlfriend has a double chin. <laughs> it isn't your position that makes you happy or unhappy. It's your disposition. No, no matter. You go ahead and get that new car. It'll get as many dents as the car you got right now. Some people, no matter what, they never get happy. Some people just love living on drama ice cream. Just drama all the time. Listen to this. The heart is happiest when it beats for others. Happiness is not something you have in your hands. It's something you carry in your heart. Some pursue happiness. Others create it. Now, I want to stop right there for just a little while. And you need to write that down. Some people pursue happiness. Others create it. My wife and I, we lived on the mission field, third world countries, for 18 years. And there was something supernatural that, that, that was about those people there. It was awesome. I remember one day a, a plumber had came and fixed a broken pipe. And he came like he always did on his bicycle. And his tools was in an old bag uh, with bungee cards holding on the back of his bicycle. He didn't even have a car. And he rode up those gravel roads. We lived on a gravel road, rode on the gravel road, came to our house, fixed the pipe. And then I walked him out after he was through. And he got on his bicycle to ride home. And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, Look at these mountains that my daddy made for me. And he just stood there in the heat and in the dirt and on his 1940 model motorcycle, bicycle, bicycle, and his bag of tools on the back, getting ready to ride up another hill. And he says, look at these mountains my goddaddy made for me. And I remember, I don't remember how many times members of my church, we'd be outside and they'd go, you see that moon? Father made it for me to tell me he loves me. And we'd go on picnics by the river because they loved to go on picnics and the whole church would pack up and go on a picnic by a river. And they would be going, look at this beautiful grass. Look at this stream. Look at everything. And they just would admire everything. If it's not 52 inches and has HD on the bottom, we don't think there is a God. If we don't have air conditioning, or surround sound in our car with two woofers now. We don't think we've arrived. You don't pursue things. You create happiness. And, and, and I'll share a little bit more about that as we get to in the Word. The plain fact is that human beings are happy only when they are striving for something worthwhile. Happiness is in the heart, not the circumstances. The secret of happiness is to count your blessings while others are adding up their troubles. Happiness does not come from what you have, but from what you are. If happiness would be bought, 
few of us could pay the price. People are generally, people are generally about as happy as they've made up their minds to be. Happiness is learning that your daughter's boyfriend has had his electric guitar repossessed. It's difficult to tell who gives some couples the most happiness, the preacher who married them or the judge who divorces them. <laughs> Don't say amen. Who was that? No. <laughs> Don't say amen. <laughs> oh, well, since you said amen for that one. I'll go ahead and I wasn't going to tell this one, but some wives are so concerned about their husband's happiness that they hire a private detective to find out the cause of it. Ha! <laughs> happiness is where you find it and very seldom where you seek it. How to be happy, keep your heart free from hate, your mind from worry, live simple, expect little, give much, sing often, pray always, forget self, think of others and their feelings, fill your heart with love, scatter sunshine. These are tried links in the golden chain of contentment. Happiness is the conviction that we are loved in spite of ourselves. When happiness gets into your system, it's bound to break out on your face. You know, the Word of God says in Proverbs, I believe it's 13, says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. It talks about a happy heart lightens the countenance. You know, the joy is the best way for plastic surgery. It's the best way to, to, to cause youth to come back into your, into your life. You know, uh, we were at, at this room, and they had uh, some magazines about some of these people on TV, and it showed some of these women who had tummy tucks. Some of them, their belly button went up a foot. Yeah, and it even said it there. Their belly button went up a foot. I started thinking, you know, they're going to make it easy for heart, heart patients. Just open up the belly button, there's the heart. Pull it, there you go. I mean, every few years they got to get it jacked up a little higher. There it goes. Some of them didn't have one, so they made one. Where you want it? Oh, right there. You know, so I mean, people are just trying to fix things, and, and, and they wonder, why isn't my life working? Man, if I just had this, if I was just more like this one, if I had things going on like this, if I would have just stayed in school, if I would have done this, look, there are some things you can't redo, but we got a God who can make the day tomorrow totally transformed for you. Now look at this. I want you to see a scripture. 1 Samuel 30, 6 through 8. Now David was greatly distressed. Well, they had took his wife and his kids and everybody else's. The town had been burnt. For the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. How I many know sometimes you're just not going to have somebody right there at that moment to strengthen you and encourage you, but you always got God. Then David said to Abathar the priest, Amalek's son, Please bring me the ephod here to me. And he brought him the ephod. Verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue? Somebody say pursue. Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he, God, answered him, Pursue. Somebody shout out, Pursue! For you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. But what I want to share with you about pursue here was that he had to do some fighting. You know, these men were wanting to stone him and when they came to the river, 200 of them were too tired to cross over. They said, We're staying right here. 
They weren't too tired to stone him, but they were too tired to fight with him. I mean, sometimes the people that, that, that are coming against you the most aren't going to be there when you end up getting your victory. But you go on anyway, because the Lord said, pursue. Say, pursue. They pursued and listened. When he found the enemy with his, their wives and kids, they fought two days and a whole night. The sword was stuck to their hand because they were fighting so hard to recover all. They didn't walk in there and say, give us back our wives and kids because my God said you're going to do that. They had to fight for what they pursued after. Come on, I'm telling you a truth right now that you need to get inside of your heart. Joy's just not going to appear because you want joy. Sometimes you're going to have to get in the Word. You're going to have to get on your knees. You're going to have to have communion. I'm going to show you some things today. There are some things you're going to have to do. We come to church and we believe everything can be fixed. It, this is a feeding station, not always a fixing station. We give you some truths that you hold on to, but there's going to be some things you're going to have to pursue in prayer. And I don't mean now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You're going to have to pray. Now, Lord, is there something in my life that I need changing? You're going to have to just pursue in prayer. You're going to have to get the Word. You're going to have to find some teaching tapes. You're going to have to find some things to, to fill those places in your heart. But you're going to have to pursue. Say pursue. You're going to have to have some things as you're pursuing. You're going to have to disconnect from some things to connect to some things. Now, listen, I looked up some things I, I, I want to just give you. You've got to disconnect from the culture. Culture thinks it owns joy and happiness. There's a, a men's magazine that said 759 ways for the perfect life. Big TV, perfect bicycle, perfect girl, perfect hair, perfect clothes. Not 759 ways for a perfect life and none of them has God in it. Phew. You ever see, we, we went up to a store the other day, we went to buy something, and the, a sales lady, I always have this habit, how are you doing today? And she was like, man, I'm tired, this day don't ever end. How many of you love salesmen like that? You just want to buy everything in the store. You know, so I mean, you know, everybody wants to smile because they think what they're selling works. Hey, you got to try this. How many of you guys used to use Joe Boxers? Nobody wants to be honest. Anyway, since y'all didn't use them, let me tell you about Joe Boxers. Everything that has to do with Joe Boxers has a smiley face on it. Everything. Briefs, t-shirts, pajamas, whole pajamas, nothing but smiley faces. You know why? They think if you buy something happy, you're going to be happy. You know what? You can own 20 pairs of Joe Boxers, and you know what? You still look as sour as you do today. What you buy, what you wear... Isn't make you, doesn't make you who you are. And it doesn't, you know what? That joy only lasts a little while. You know, I could buy my wife everything she wants if I could. Get myself in so far debt, buy her every watch, every earring, uh, earrings, uh, every this and that, buy her everything she wants. And you know what? I'll end up jumping off the Huey P. Uh, Huey P. Long Bridge because I just can't buy everything to make her happy forever. How many of you husbands say, amen? amen? You just can't do it. You know, you can't buy yourself. It's amazing. You get with guys who have a motorbike. And the bike sounds fine. But one passes them by, man, I'm going to have to upgrade. This 1700, I heard they got an 1800 now, so I got to get, get an 1800. Man, your bike don't even have a scratch on it. Don't care, I want it. 
New boat. Coming down the road, it was bumper-to-bumper traffic for six hours. You know what? All them new cars, they all get scratches on them. They all got problems. And the people driving them, they weren't smiling and they weren't singing. I'm glad I didn't know what some of them were saying. What you have isn't going to necessarily make you happy. The newest phone. Everybody was waiting for this new phone. I don't know what you call it, but it was a new phone. They were advertising on TV. I've had the same phone for two, two and a half years, and I'm still using it. But they were waiting for this new phone to come out. Guess what? Everybody gets this new phone. Guess what? It says in the news, it overheats. Sending them all back. Overheats. I mean, these things aren't going to, they're not going to make you happy. Looking for a new phone. Looking for a new place. Maybe going to the bar. Maybe if I go to the bar, I'll meet somebody. You sure don't meet nobody in church. Well, I'd like to see what you're going to meet there. <laughs> let's go to Hawaii. Hey, let's go to Vegas, baby. I heard Elvis is over there. Let's go to Vegas. Everybody go to Vegas. I mean, always trying to find something to fulfill the happiness in their life. Maybe we need new friends. Hey, let's get some happy people. Let's find some happy friends. Listen, do you know what? I saw just this week... I saw, the reason I'm writing all this down, I'm sharing this with you because I got a lot of entertainment this week. Uh, they had, a, they had a documentary on all the comedians who committed suicide. Comedians. And you see these guys like, who's that big old fat guy? Chris Farley. Wouldn't everybody want a friend like Chris Farley? I mean, he'd jump on your mama's kitchen counter and all the stuff he used to do. I mean, everybody want a friend like that. But they all end up committing suicide. It was amazing. One after another. Happiest guy. You think, man, they make the best friends. But they end up committing suicide. How many of you ever heard of that actor, uh, Owen Wilson? He's that new blonde actor with a crooked nose. Played on One Night at the Museum. He plays in all these funny shows. Got famous real fast. On and off, on again with these Hollywood actresses. Everything seems to be fine. Everybody would think, man, that guy's so cool. I'd love to have a friend like him. Well, you know what? Not long ago, y'all remember, he tried slitting his wrist. He tried killing himself. You want to know why? Him and his Three, his two brothers that's on TV, Luke Wilson and the other guy who's trying to sing country music now. They were all raised in church. They were raised in church. And you can, it doesn't matter how funny they are on TV, you can see sadness in their eyes. Because Hollywood don't do it for you. Fortune and fame don't do it for you. Being able to go and buy anything you want to, rent anything you want to, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. If fortune, fame, and all these other things meant something, do you think Michael Jackson would have to be hooked on what he's been hooked on for so long that end up killing him? We've got to learn to disconnect because we're not of this world. We may live in this world, but we're not in this world. And if we're going to walk in the joy, we're going to have to di- disconnect from some things. Amen. Now listen to this. Some people think it's in religion. There was a Christian magazine not long ago. Guess what the title on the cover was? The Seven Spiritual Laws to Joy by Paris Hilton. (laughs) Do you all know who Paris Hilton is? She's that spoiled little blonde-headed brat on TV that walks around with a chihuahua and a gold chain around its neck. And she's standing there with her little chihuahua and diamonds around his neck. And the chihuahua is just shaking. And she's going, I want to tell you about the seven different spiritual laws that will make you happy. You got to go shopping with no credit limit. And she could just go on and on and on. And, and that is in a Christian magazine. 
like that thing's going to teach me anything. Huh? In your pursuit to joy, just because it's in a Christian just because it's in a Christian bookstore doesn't mean it's God who's going to speak to you. I have some books in my office. There was a man who was famous for a while. He still got famous. Now he's famous for something else. Tom, well, I'm not going to say his name anyway. Everybody's making a lot of hoodoo about Michael Jackson on and on and on TV. But how many of you remember when this famous prophetess and this guy got married on TBN? And they showed it over and over again. The cake was hundreds of thousands of dollars. The wedding was into the millions. They showed it on TV for hours. It was the biggest, most, it was the biggest piece of crap you could ever see. But you should have seen that wedding. It was the biggest thing. And I remember when she first started in the ministry, she'd preach to where the makeup was totally off of her face. She'd roll around on the floor and prophesy. She'd preach the word of God. I mean, this woman, I'm talking about Juanita Bunyan. Bunyan. Boy, I mean, this woman was a mighty woman of God. And then she found Thomas Meeks III. And they got married. And then he started teaching about... If you want to have good sex, you need to teach your wife to talk dirty to you and cuss. If you want your sex life to go up, have your wife cuss at you. Well, guess what happened after all the fabulous wedding and everything else? Guess what? Y'all heard? It was in the books. He beat his wife in the parking lot. Bow, bow. Her makeup was running, but it wasn't Jesus this time. It was the husband that was beating her in the parking lot. A preacher. Got books. Had million dollar wedding. Had a dream life. Did it last? No. How about the other ones who divorce, who have penthouses in the Ike Tower? They have all these things. You know what? I want to be able to just sit down on the grass and put a weed in my teeth and say, Jesus, I love you just for saving me. I don't need things to make me who I am. You made me who I am. You redeemed me with your blood. It's not this or this or that or the other that's going to make me anything but who you made me through your precious blood. And my name may not be on that street in Hollywood, but my name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. Listen to this. I mean, you know, maturity doesn't mean everything's just going to work out for you. Maturity means things don't work out for you. You still go on believing God. Now listen, this is CNN. The number one category of prescription drugs is antidepressants. 118 million people, and that's not the unemployed. 118 million people are on antidepressants. 48 per, it went up 48% in the last few years. 25% uh, is adults, 8% are adolescents. I mean, no, culture isn't working. They're trying to legalize marijuana now. So everybody be real happy. Oh, I'm happy. Whoa, what did that preacher say, man? This is a cool church. Wow. Balaam beat what? Wow. Man, I'm really freaking in this church. But you know what? It all comes down and you come down too. And then what's going to give me joy next time? What's going to fill me? What's going to fulfill me next time? Y'all can tell I've been at the beach, huh? <laughs> Listen to this. According to CDC, the third cause of death among teenage girls is suicide. 
Last year, church, last year, 4,000 girls committed suicide. Now, if 4,000 committed suicide, how many tr tried committing suicide? And how many girls have that trouble of cutting themselves because they hate themselves and they despise their lives? They're, the pursuit of happiness that this culture, culture is offering is not working. Look what it says here. 1 Timothy 5, 6, 5 through 6. Useless wranglings. Look at verse 6. It says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. You can't have joy away from contentment in God. Knowing that my life is pleasing God and I'm doing what he desires. Desire without contentment leads to discontentment. And discontentment sets us up for trouble. Well, I'm not happy with the things are. Well, you just keep holding God, believing God, you keep pursuing, and those things will change for you. But don't give up. You know how many, you know, th there's trouble in marriages all the time. You know what a big problem is? Well, you know, when I married her, I thought she'd listen to me. Well, guess what? When you married her, she thought you are going to listen to her. You know, if I could just marry him, I know I'd be happy. How about these couples? Oh, I want a baby. I want a baby so bad. Then they get that baby and they have to change that diaper and it's like a sprinkler in there and things are going everywhere and they're, they're fixing this and fixing that and they're not sleeping at night and fixing that bottle and all these other things and they go on, oh, this baby's driving me crazy. Oh, I thought you'd be happy once you had your baby. Happiness is not going to last in things. It only comes from the Lord. Amen. It only comes from the Lord. Listen, the job you always wanted... Too many hours. Den in the car. Listen, Ecclesiastes, Solomon had everything he wanted. You know what he said? It's all nothing. Go read it. He had 700 wives. And you're on your fifth. Give up! He's got you beat, buddy. You can't afford 700 divorces. He had hundreds and thousands of horses and he had the BMW of chariots and he had palaces and ranch houses. He had it all. You know what he ended up saying? I can't find happiness. It's not in the things. It's in the fulfillment of who he is on the inside of us. Now, I've got to get going here because I was going to preach short. I know Brother Shane did such a great job last week. And I heard they preached short. I said, well, you, maybe I need to preach short. But y'all forget that. <laughs> why do we have to, dis listen, why do we have to disconnect from? But don't disconnect from the word. Remember, we studied that the last week, the weekend, uh, last Sunday of June. Don't disconnect from the word. They opened up the word of God and the people were there for a six-hour sermon because they wanted the word. Whatever you're going through, don't disconnect from the word. Number two, they opened the book above the people. Don't disconnect from the authority through his word. Submit to its correction. Submit to its guidance. Submit to its wisdom. Don't try to figure things out in your own mind. Then the next thing we saw, that they stood and read the, the book and the people stood, don't, dis, don't disrespect or disreverence the word of God. They stood out of respect. And then the next thing we saw is stay connected through reverence, 
And then the next one, number four, we saw stay connected through worship. And we had an awesome time studying about worship. So important, stay in the focus. Stay worshiping the king. Stay in his presence. Keep seeking his presence. But there, the new one I want to give you today as we get ready to close, stay connected through understanding. Stay connected through understanding. And I want you to see here that it says that these people, the bottom part, it says these people helped the people to understand. Everybody say with me, understand. The law and the people stood in their place. And they read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained, clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage, each passage. Then Nehemiah, the governor, and Ezra, the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites, who were interpreting for the people, said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. I want to stop right there. What happens a lot of time is when we start getting an understanding of the word of God, that all of a sudden we start seeing who we are, and it says the people got an understanding. They started hearing the reading of the Ten Commandments. Oh, I broke that one. I broke that one. Oh my God, I'm no good. Oh, this. Oh, and they started weeping. And it says they were weeping all day long. And you go on and read there. Listen to this. And Nehemiah continued. Go on and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with the people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And it says in verse 11, And the Levites too quieted the people, telling them, Hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. This is what I want to tell you. I'm going to come down here, Brother Scott. This is what I want to share with you. This thing's messing up on me. This is what I want to share with you. The people were weeping. This is one of the keys to joy. They were weeping and repenting over their sins. And usually that's what the prophets and the priests would want to see. But the thing about it is, it was going on and on. And then the prophets and the priests picked up on a spirit of heaviness and sorrow and a spirit of guilt and a spirit of shame. And the... The scribe called the prophet and the priest and said, listen, we got to stop these people from weeping and mourning over their sins. I'll tell you what we're going to do. King James says, go cook the fat. In other words, go have a barbecue. I want you to go home. There you go. There's a rib lady right there. I'm telling you. Go home. I want you to barbecue. I want you to create a feast. I want you to get out the sweet drink. I want you just to have fun. I want you to celebrate. This is a day of holy to the Lord. And people still were crying. And people were still wanting to say, No, stop crying. Stop weeping. Stop wailing. It's okay. Your sins are forgiven. And they were crying. And they were crying. A lot of the reasons why so many people are sad is because they don't let go of their shame. We, we, we quote that scripture all the time. The joy of the Lord is our strength, but we don't read the scriptures above it. They were crying out in their shame. And you go on to read, it says even lower in scriptures, stop weeping over your sin. That's not you anymore. You know, when I was in second grade, my dad pastored in, in a Pecan Island down there right on the Gulf. And the, uh, our Sunday school teacher, there was a, a whole uh, play uh, uh, talent night being done at the school gymnasium. And she asked me to go help her. And I was shy, little boy, didn't want to, but she made me. And she put shoe polish on this side of my face. 
And she left this side of my face clear. And we walked out on that stage. The curtains opened. And Miss Koch, boy, she was a big lady and they hunted alligators for a living. Had a pet Nutrirat in the house. When you eat at the table, the Nutrirat would chew in your heel. So the next time your kid wants a hamster, go get him a neutral. Anyway, this lady, she said, I want to show you this cream. And she was advertised like she was a salesman. She says, you put cream. No, my face, she showed the dirty side. She said, you see, this is all filthy, but you put this cream in. She jerked my head and me around this way. She says, and you see, you come out as clean as this. And I started thinking about that. You know what? That's how many of us are in church. We try to show one side to God when he's saying, just lift your face up to me, my mercy. While we were on vacation, I remember my wife doing it. How many have ever seen, remember your moms and your wives when your kids would, your kids would get all dirty and they would come and chocolate and food all over their hands and their face. I see a lot of ladies doing like that. My mama and my wife never told our kids, you're just going to learn a lesson and stay that way till tomorrow. You know what she would do? The cat wash. Y'all remember that? Just raise your face to me, says the Father of mercy. <laughs> I don't care what you've done. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He knew no sin, but yet He became sin that we may be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when we sin and we fall short, we've got the type of Jesus that comes. And nobody's with you. Nobody's around you. But our Jesus comes when we repent and we say, I know my face is dirty. I know I've done this and I've known I've done that. And Jesus will come and he'll sit with you and just tell you, I'm a part of your life for the rest of your life. No matter where you go, I go. My hand is on your heart. And my arm is on your shoulders. And I promise I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Because you praying and crying out for mercy will always bring me on the scene. Wherever you go, I'm going with you. I'm not abandoning you. And that's what God is trying to say. Lift up your face to me. I want to clean you. And while we're on vacation, I was seeing mothers do that, and it was just making me think of that. And Jesus was saying, I want to be a part of your story. It reminded me so much one day when one of his, one of his favorite children, I believe, came up to him. He'd fallen in adultery. He killed an innocent man and David came up and his face was all dirty adultery was written on his forehead the blood of innocent man was on his hands and he came up to God have mercy on me oh God because of your unfailing love because of your great compassion blot out the stain of my sins Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me 
from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you only have I sinned. And while he was saying that, God was wiping his face. I have done what is evil in your sight. And God just kept wiping his face. You will prove what's right by what you say. And your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. You desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom everywhere. Now listen, here he is. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Listen to verse 8, Psalms 51. Oh, give me back my joy again. Repent of it. Repentance and prayer brings Jesus into your story. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy, the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O oh God who saves and I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O oh Lord, that I may praise you. You do not desire sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit and you will not reject a broken and a repentant heart, O oh God. The woman caught in adultery had adultery all over her forehead. What did Jesus do? Where are your accusers? The woman came and washed his feet with his tears. The Religious people who had one side clean and one side dirty said, don't you know what type of woman she is? No, she was. I'm wiping it off. Zacchaeus, everybody hated him, not one friend, hiding in a tree. Come down, Zacchaeus, betrayer, liar, deceiver, all the sins, all the commandments broken. He came to Jesus and Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. But he's this, he's that. Uh -uh. I'm wiping the stain of that. I'm wiping away the shame of that name. Listen, that's what repentance is. Repentance is naming the shame and letting Jesus wipe it away. Now, I, I had points I had to get to. I didn't get to, but let me share this and I'll end. It talked about the people and it continues talking on and on about the understanding. And I thought about the road of Emmaus. They were walking on the road of Emmaus. Jesus had been crucified and died and they thought it was all over. And all of a sudden Jesus appears. They didn't recognize the man, resurrected Lord Jesus. He started teaching the word from Moses and throughout the prophets. They still didn't see Jesus even though the word was good. And now listen, I'm going to give you this last point. It wasn't until Jesus broke the bread that they saw Jesus. 
and talking about pursuing joy, let me give you something. Church, let me tell each and every one of you, I don't care if you just get saved today. I don't care if you've been saved a week. don't care how much of the Bible you know or you don't know. Remember I told you, joy is not in the abundance of things. David prayed over and over again about joy. Returns to me the joy of my salvation. Do you want to know one of the biggest ways of pursuing joy? You get up in the morning or in the afternoon and you take a wafer. You've read the word and all the scriptures point to Jesus. But if you want to break through, because you know why they said quit weeping? Because you got a breakthrough. Stop crying over the past. You got your breakthrough. Now go home and celebrate. And there's something that when you take that wafer. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. All is at rest. I and my Savior, so happy and blessed. I thank you, Father. This bread, this bread represents your body that took my shame and my sin. And I lied. I committed a sin. I did this and I did that. And it's been beating me up, haunting me day and night. But when I break this wafer, my guilt to be broken again. My shame and my sin and its power over me will be broken again. And I will rejoice because this wafer represents the new life I received in Christ Jesus. The law said I can't. The gospel says I can. The law says I'm not. The gospel says I am. The law says I cannot reach you. But the gospel says... You live in me, and I live in you, and there's communion all the time. And you break that wafer, and you let the spirit of joy, unspeakable, and full of glory get all over you, and you partake of that. Yes, you by yourself. You don't need a priest or a preacher. You go ahead as a priest yourself and take that wafer, and then you grab a hold of the cup. Oh, you take a hold of the cup, the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses and washes us from all and every sin. Hallelujah. You became sin because you could not know sin. But I knew sin and you became the sin that I've known so that I could be free from sin. The law says I am unrighteous. Your blood says that I am. And you take communion in your pursuit of joy. And you let the shackles of depression and shame and discouragement and all the power of hell that's been trying to bring you down and tear you apart. The Word of God says that the blood will never lose its power. Though your sins are as scarlet, I will wash them white as snow. And you take a hold of that cup. Devil, it's not the car, it's not the house, it's not my happiness, it's not the clothes, it's not the job, it's not the success, it's not my friends, it's the blood that's made me who I am. It's the blood that will carry me all the way through. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And you take that blood, and while you're drinking down that blood, guess what Jesus is doing? What?
can wash away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, what, a, what we all need for a revival of joy <laughs> is to name the shame, invite the king in. Invite the king in. And let him tell you from now on, if forever I'm a part of your story. I don't consult your past for your history. And I wrote down and I pray, Lord, let us be a church. Can take people's stories. And the power about Jesus is, you see, forgiveness is just not to heal your emotions over what you did. Forgiveness is a transformation to take you from who you were into who you're going to be. A lot of people ask for forgiveness and they just expect to feel better. Forgiveness transforms you. Now, I'm not saying you don't need nothing. Things are nice. How many can say amen to that? Things are nice. But you know what? <laughs> nothing greater than a cup. And nothing greater than the body. And nothing's greater than the word. And that's why you start worshiping. And the reverence of the word. And the presence of God. And all that God's made you to be. Would you stand up and there's something... I'm just going to stop here. There's something I want you to say with me. Listen. Repentance and prayer takes our stories of heartaches and inserts Jesus into our memory and removes the stains. Repentance and prayer wages against what broke your heart. That's why it's called healing prayer. Hmm. Prayer heals, not a psychological exchange to erase the past, but a transformation of heart so we can live in hope again. Prayer sensitizes us. It's when we repent, He is able and capable of forgiving us and making us new. You know what, church? I told you about pursuing. This is not a rabbit's foot. How many of you know that foot didn't do that rabbit no good anyway? Oh, let me see if it works. And we think the bigger the Bible, especially if, if it's a Bible from Grandma, I know it's going to work. No. It's a pursuit. Say this with me. Jesus, you died for my sin. You defeated death. Hell, sin. And Satan. You took it all. You were made to be my sin. Who knew no sin. And it was all. Poured upon you. You not only took my sin. You gave me. Your righteousness. I am declared. Righteous. And perfect. Before you. I have. A new identity. New purpose. And I am led by the Holy Spirit. So I celebrate my salvation. And I return to my home in joy. 
And I will live out my days for a greater purpose than myself. And my story is your story. My story will be for your glory. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And every head bowed and every eye closed. They were showing some things on TV about 9-11. People trying to run out of that building. I want you to think of something while your eyes are closed. If I would stand up and tell you that this church is on fire, please run to the exits. The building's on fire. It cannot be contained. And your only salvation is to run out the doors and save an exit. How many would run to those exits? This afternoon, I'm offering you right now an opportunity to escape the fires of hell. To receive eternal life through Jesus Christ. If you are here today, just like if that, this building would be on fire and you'd run for your life to the exit, I want you to run to this altar. If you want to escape the fires of eternity and damnation, you run to this altar right now and say, I want to give my life to Jesus and I want the stains of my sin, the shame of my sin to be erased to the blood of Jesus. Right now, just come up. Just come up right now, wherever you are. Wherever you are, just come up right now and let me pray with you. Christians, be praying. Be praying. Anybody at all, it's that serious. No man knows the hour. No man knows the time. But I do know this is the day of salvation if you will accept them into your heart. There's anybody here at all, you know your life is not right with God. He's calling you right now. He's calling you. He's calling you by your name. He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. It's real. It's true. And it's not that he's a mean, angry God. He's a just God and he cannot go back on his word. And what he said he would do, he will do. But he's given you an escape. He's given you an exit. It's the death and life of Jesus Christ. There's someone here, you need Christ in your heart. Raise your hand. Raise your hand right there where you are. Anyone at all, raise your hand. Raise your hand high so we can see it. Anyone, raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand right there. Don't leave here. Don't leave here. Without receiving the fountain of joy. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Raise your hand again, real high. Over here to the... God bless you, young man. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else today? Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else today? I have to get my life right with Christ. Anyone else? Anyone else? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Maybe you've known him, but you've backslidden. You know your life is not pleasing to him, and you want to run to the Father again. Raise your hand right there where you are. Anyone at all? Raise your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. There's another one. God bless you, sis. God bless you. I see your hand, my sister. 
I see your hand, my sister. Anyone else? Christians, pray, pray, pray. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? I've got to get my life right today. He's not asking you to get your life right by yourself. He's asking you to give your life into his hands so he can get it right. Come and receive his grace. Come and receive his forgiveness. Anyone else? Anyone else? With those three people who raised their hand over here, would you come and let me pray with you and let the Father wipe the stains off of your brow? Would you come? Let me pray with you. There was three people from this side that raised their hands. Anyone else that, that wants to come, come and raise their hands. Stand right here. God bless you, my little brother. God bless you. Hallelujah. Come, sis. There was someone else who raised their hand. Come. Come, sis. God bless you. God bless you. Come right here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Now just close your eyes, put your hands on your heart. And allow the Father to come and meet you here at this meeting place right now. Forget about anyone and everyone. And turn your eyes upon Jesus right now, who is smiling and calling you by your name and telling you, I love you with an everlasting love. I want you to let his love come upon you right now, just engulf you and envelop you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Anyone else, this is your moment. This is what we're here for. Anyone else, it's not too late. I'm telling you, whoever you are, if you think it's too late, I'm telling you, it's not too late. Somebody here, you're saying it's too late. I've done messed up too many times. I've done too many horrible things. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. You cannot do enough that he cannot love and he cannot cover. If there's somebody here, Christians pray. If there's somebody here and you're saying right now, you're here right now and you're saying, I've done something too bad, too horrible. I cannot be forgiven. That is the devil lying to you. And God wants to stop his mouth right now. If you're here right now and you know you need him into your life, come right now. Come right now. Don't let the devil lie to you, sir. Don't let the devil lie to you, sir or ma'am, that you've done too much. You've done too much evil. There's no hope for you. To say someone is hopeless is to say God is helpless. Anyone else? Anyone else? Come. Come. It's just enveloped in the presence of God right here. Yes, God's working. Look, he's working. He's working. He's working. He's working. You see, they heard the word with understanding and it cut them. But then the word came to heal. The same word that cuts is the same word that heals. And the Holy Spirit is working in these lives right now. Oh, I praise you, Father, that this is not just a salvation experience. This is a, this is a conversion, a transformation experience going on right now. The Spirit of God is upon these right now. Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Now I want you to pray with me out loud as your hands are upon your heart. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I love you. I believe in you. And I run to you now. And I place my life 
into your loving hands. Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. I repent of all my shame, of all my past, of all my wrongs. And right now, I receive total forgiveness. I receive peace. And I receive the joy of your salvation. And I receive perfect peace. In Jesus' name, I am saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise. God bless you. Bless you, sister. God bless you, my brother. Hallelujah. Proud of you, man. Proud of you. Proud of you. Part of your story. Part of your history. You hear? Hallelujah. Proud of you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. You felt them, didn't you? You felt them come on you, didn't you? The presence of God came on you. <laughs> There's nothing like it. This is so real. This is so real. And his love is so real. And what an emptiness, hurt, wrong, whatever's been there. Don't you ever forget. You raise your face up in mercy. And he'll just come and wipe it all over again. God bless you. You can give your names to the people here. Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's praise him for it. Come on, let's praise Jesus. Let's praise Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Let's hammer the nail on the head. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Lord. 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 Oh, my. Woo. This is church. Oh, man. Woo, he's real. Woo. He's real. Praise God. Touch us, Lord. And like Brother Shane preached, Lord, awaken us. Awaken us. We love you. We bless you. Listen, we got a, our missionary from Brazil. She's never been here before, but what a little lady of God. Ministering so many hungry, needed orphan children. Doing a ministry of Christ in Brazil. She's going to be here tonight at 6 o'clock. Please come and let's welcome this ambassador for Christ. We love you. We bless you, Brother Buddy. Would you dismiss us, please? Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your spirit. We, we thank you for the conviction that's here today, Father God. Lord, we thank you for your presence, your very presence that's engulfed us this day, Father God. Fill us to overflowing, Father God. As we leave, Father God, bring us back tonight, Father God. Give us joy. Joy as we leave this place, Father God. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. We praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.